Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. We are going to have a great show for you today. Uh, in the house, Ashley Willis, she says, happy Thursday. Eric Hayes says, how can S... Well, I'll talk about Eric in a little bit. Welcome aboard, uh, Bridge MCP, Eric Hayes, Ashley Willis, uh, uh, oh, AVQ... Rudnan says, I'm having a bad day, doesn't want to talk about it. Well, when you want to talk about it, you know, we here, our family, we have ears for you. My brother Rudnan, how are you doing today? I trust that it will all get better. We want it to all get better for our peeps. Anyhow, how is everybody doing today? I trust that all is going well. Um, We've had, we're getting ready for the freeze, folks. And you know, here in Texas, We don't do very well with freezes, but as soon as I get off this uh, program today, when we're done today, guess what I got to go do? Yep, you got it. Got to go wrap some pipes and and see how we can prevent bad things from happening. But we're going to have a good show for you today. Bear with me as as I'm talking to you. I am trying to get, I'm, I'm a bit late because my, my sister called me today with a story that I really wanted to carry today because, you know, it, it was prescient. It was, what's the word that I want to use? It just brought back memories that, that we all know, okay? It brought back memories and I wanted to... I had another thing with uh, another program to do today, but I really, really wanted to highlight this. I think this is important because it happened in the moment. And when something like this happened in the moment, like I always say, we need to make sure it happens. Bear with me as I, as I get things going here. I need to make sure and, and, and cue things. So bear with me as I get all my cues going. I've got to get my cues going and as soon as i'm done getting my cues going i can be more present so bear with me as i do such things i think it is going my cue is getting ready my cue is getting ready all right it looks like it's off and running let's see if it continues okay um she had a shopping experience and I'm going to play that. But beforehand, let me just see what you guys have in the chat. Lee Grant says, hey, all. Abbott reported Texas grid will hold. Hope he's right. I think we all hope that he's right. But just in case, I've got my generator just about ready to go if necessary. I checked it out and it's all working fine. Uh, let's see. Bri says, hola, babes. Eric says, Egberto. You should have already done it, but if you need some pipe wrap, I have some. Thank you, Eric. Um, I have the the, the, the rags, the, the particular rags to put around the outside pipes. On the inside, we should be okay, mm-hmm. but thank you so kindly. So what family is all about, man? My brother is ready to help me out. Thank you, my brother. Uh, Tom C. says, calm before the storm. I hear you, buddy. The calm before the storm. Temps drop 30 degrees by Christmas. Eric Hayes, Egberto, couldn't not get my generator running. You still couldn't get it running? Well, I'll tell you the same thing, right? If, if you get too cold out there, mi casa es su casa. You just have to drive over here with your, your girl and your wife, and it'll be fine. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, 
para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Um, Bridge is asking Ashley how she's doing. Eric says, how can SBF, the FTX guy, even get out of his parents' sign for his 250 million bail and they were involved in his business? Should we think the political ties help them? Yeah, he's owned, he, he bought both Republicans and Democrats. Does it matter? Of course it does. Of course it does. Eric Hayes says, hey, y'all folks, about to get cold. Just wrap up. Yes, we are. Okay, great, great. Hey, um, if it makes you any more loose, Brother Rudnan, come on, man. Um, we want to make sure that, first of all, I'm glad that you're here, even though you're not having the best of days. I hope that we can do something to make your day a bit better. I want to thank Rudnan. Yesterday, I went to the mailbox and opened up. A contribution to Politics Done Right from El Señor Rodnan. I want to thank you so kindly for that very substantial contribution, sir. Like you know, this program belongs to all of you. And it's all the people who watch this program that supports this program. I want to thank you very kindly for those contributions. And for all of you that contribute all of the times to make sure that we can stay on air. Without further ado, though... I want to play, and this is very personal here. This is, uh, I had to interview my sister because of what happened to her. And I begged her to come on because I think these are things that need to be told. So here we go with that interview, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Hey, guys. You know what I've talked about? I've talked about racial profiling. I've spoken about how people take the liberties with people. Well, it has happened. It has happened in my family. I'm honored to be here with my little sister, Dr. Lindia Jacobo. Thank you for being on Politics Done Right, sis. Thank you, hermano. Always a pleasure. Hey, well, look, let me tell you what happened to you in the store has happened to me over and over again. And many times a whole lot of our, uh, a lot of people who watch the show would say, well, why don't you do something about it right away? And, you know, I've started, I've always stood up for myself, but now do more. I was ecstatic when I got a text from you describing what has happened. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I am your sister, your lovely sister. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I, um, happen to be, you know, I am, um, you know, the mother of two kids. I am a wife, I'm a sibling, a sister. Um, and I happen to also be a doctor. I'm a pediatrician. And over the years, I've done a whole lot of things in my career. And I think a lot of what I've ultimately done um, has really been informed by a lot of my own lived experiences, including what I wrote to you in the complaint I filed with the Better Business Bureau. And what I mean by that is I'm currently one of the deans at a school in Los Angeles. I do a lot of teaching and a lot of my teaching is focused on, you know, um, teaching uh, students, teaching staff and faculty to kind of reframe how they engage, how they see the world, primarily through an anti-racist lens, right? And that's really, really hard to do because, you know, I think racism is so deeply embedded in the foundations of everything we do. And I think it impacts our lives day to day. So, um, you know, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. 
Well, you know, explain to me what happened. First of all, I want you to give me the name of the store and what happened at that store, because I think it's more, it's not only about training, it's about common sense and, and empathy. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so this store is Roadrunner in um, in San Diego. And just a little bit more about context. I think for me, um, not that what happened in the store was in any way surprising because it happened in that store, but it's happened in many, many other stores. But the context for this store is that we've historically... I think as a family, gone to that store a whole lot, right? As you know, I've run for many, many years, and so we've always do a lot of marathons, a lot of yeah, Arturo and and exactly, and and both kids, right? Natalita and Arturito, and we've always done running. We do an annual 5K as a family every year. So the point is that we've gone to that store many, many times in the past, from the time the kids were little, Um, and I think the reason. I reflected on it so deeply as this was in that store, the first time I've had that experience. So I entered the store. It wasn't that full because the store had only been open for about 20 minutes. Um, Got to the store and just kind of started trying to find some gear. It was primarily trying to find a few additional Christmas gifts for the kids, for Arturo. And this young woman, as I wrote in the complaint, came up to me and initially seemed reasonably friendly, asked if I needed help. And I said, thank you. No, I don't need help. And I just kept looking from the male section to the female section, et cetera, and kept going back and forth because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to select out at the time. And uh, as I wrote in that um, complaint, within the span literally of three minutes, and I think I'm being pretty generous, it may have been less than three minutes, she approaches me again and asks the exact same question, can I help you with anything? And I thought, no, I thanked her again. And I said, look, if I need help, I will be sure to reach out. Again, the store's not that big, and you so were- I know I can find her. For anybody who needs to know my sister, my sister is as passive as can be when she's talking to folks. Don't mess with her kids, though. But as uh, right. passive, exactly. as, right. as, passive as can be and very friendly. Very low key. Again, I write the tone that I, I may be speaking a little bit more loudly than I was speaking to her. It was just very calm. If I need you, I will come and find you. And again, I feel like I almost have that language scripted because as we've shared over the years, these sorts of things just happen over and over and over again, right? So my language is almost scripted. If I need you, I will come and find you. Thank you so much. Kept going back and forth. And then I had a whole bunch of items in 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 my left hand, I was holding it like this, and I was texting Natalita because I was trying to get Arturo's size to make sure I had bought, uh, you know, bought the right size. And right as I was doing that, she this part I didn't put explicitly in the complaint, but she almost ran up to me and said, "Are you ready to check out?" And I looked at her and I thought, "Oh my goodness, you are with me again." And I said to her. <laughs> In exactly this tone, I said, you know what? I would really, really appreciate it if you would stop following me around the store. I said, every step of the way, I said, I seem to be the only person you have an interest in. I said, I, it really makes shopping kind of uncomfortable. And she said, well, I am doing my job. And as I wrote in the complaint, I... 
it was it was puzzling and i the more i reflected on it the more those words resonated for me i'm doing my job she never said oh i'm not following you around the store she didn't say that right mm-hmm. she said she was doing her job and as i looked around the store i thought oh you are right in my head i said this i didn't say this to her i finally just checked out i thought you're right you are doing your job you're trained to do this the other piece i didn't uh, put in that complaint again i had i had i was limited to a certain window, number yeah. of characters right the other piece i didn't um, put in there is a manager looking person a um a, a, a but a six five uh, white guy said to her as I was in dialogue with her, is there something I can help you with? Who is so Jessica, the employee? Oh, as if so, you were a danger to her. A, exactly. So I now in a position for me, and again, not overly dramatic, as you know, I don't emote a lot. And I don't get that worked up. But in my head, I thought, oh, this is so coded. I better get out of these people's store. That really was my next step. And my only regret, frankly, is I should have left the merchandise there. But it was one of those things that were moving reasonably quickly. And there were things that I really, really wanted to get for again you know for the kids for Pluto etc so in that moment and again let me also provide additional context um we are what's called VIP members at the store that's how long we've been with the store right. we pay a fee right it's like any other store that's right. just the language they use it's nothing extraordinary but we have you know this so so again it just goes to show why would I have a membership in a store that I don't frequent a store? You know, so it it was all of that together. And my drive home was, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And I kept reflecting and I kept thinking, wow, even at the age of 58, obviously this thing is on my mind. So I'm going to act on it. And the only thing I knew how to do is I certainly couldn't ask for a manager, right? Because right. I think that guy was the manager. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. and he was not interested in my story. Yeah. He wanted to help her because you were a threat to yeah. her, his employee. Yeah, yeah, and so and let me also add, and this has nothing to do with this story, but for um, additional context in terms of my own um, mindset, I was recently in my apartment in Pasadena. I'm currently in San Diego, but I was standing at the elevator waiting to go in to get up to my fifth floor apartment. Uh And as I was standing there coming from work, all my stuff, this woman comes out of the elevator and screams. What do you mean screams? She screams out loud. And this was on the second level where I park. The P2 level is our assigned parking. Uh So typically people would expect somebody to be at the elevator because we're always coming out of our cars in the garage and going up right it's pretty standard um and she screamed and i looked back because i thought oh my goodness i wonder what's happening behind me in the parking lot this is a true story this happened three weeks ago so you have to understand my mindset about these things right and i looked back and i and i looked at her and i must have looked puzzled and she said to me and i quote you scared me 
And I said, I, I, wait, 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 stop, stop, Lindia. My sister is about five foot two, maybe. I'm five foot two, maybe five three with a pair and of heels. as hell. Yes. I had a backpack on my lunchbox and I was professionally attired. In other words, I was with your doctor from work. Correct. It was yeah. very clear. I, I, I think that day I had done a video for the school. And so I think I may have even been wearing a black suit. Mm-hmm. All right. And I said to her, I looked at her and I said, so being present in front of an elevator to go to my apartment was scary to you. And she rolled her eyes and left the elevator area. And I, when I went upstairs, I think Arturo was the only person there at the time, but I shared that story with him. And later on, um, when Natalita um, came home, I shared it with, with her. And um, it, it was really kind of surreal, right? Because the, the, the implicit messaging wasn't that I really scared her. It was that her expectation of who belonged in the building right. was different. We didn't, I, my physical being, my body didn't match her expectations of what a person waiting for an elevator should look like. And I know many may argue that we, as I've heard this repeatedly, make much of these things. And I will tell you, um, especially in the kind of work that I do, I do the opposite of making much of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but these stories are important to tell, right? Because at, at some point, um, you have to think about the potential of endangerment to us. Exactly. Right? Because her screaming, it's her and I, right? And her screaming for no clear reason was bizarre, right? This young woman, uh, again, these dots all connect, right? These aren't separate things. These are one thing, right? right? It's one thing, right? And the the, the problem is that it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't dangerous. Right. It's actually dangerous. This is a story that we need to tell and retell because there's a danger in in um in the stories right and i don't think folks who claim that you know you know black folks are sensitive and this and that and can't you give people grace and benefit of the doubt i don't think these people really have a deep enough understanding of the danger People who look like me and you right. sometimes in, depending on circumstance. Sometimes it's just sort of kind of hilarious, like, he, 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 this happened. But when you reflect more deeply, you think, wow, these things can go one way or the other. Is somebody coming back next? You are, you are the first person in front of her. They think that she screams because something I did something, done, and then they jump right. on you or they shoot you or whatever. Who, who am because... I to debate, right? Right. In the store, which manager do I get the privilege of engaging of com- with? Of complaining None. because he came at, he came to her rescue. And he you know came what? to his employee's rescue. Right. Correct. 
Right. And my next thing is with you is concerning even at the elevator. All right. She may look, I, I actually understand for all the phobias that I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. What I've spoke to people about is overcoming them. Some of them have been I, I've had to atone for them for whatever mm-hmm. phobia I had. Mm-hmm. But the one thing about it that I've done is when I when it's my fault, I can then say, oh, I am sorry. I 100%. have to teach myself something. 100%. This woman looks at you after screwing right. up in her thoughts. Correct. Correct. And rolling her eyes as if you had something it, to, be, correct. Uh, correct. to be concerned or guilty correct. about or whatever. Correct. It's the same playbook, right? Like if you, you were to map it out, it's one playbook, Right. You blame the person you victimize. Sometimes it's by way of tears, right? There's the shedding of all the tears or the, oh my goodness, you scared me. Right. And to your point, maybe she did have negative experiences with people who look like me. Maybe she doesn't like short people, people with lunch boxes, whatever. That's fine. The appropriate response, though, is, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. Because she scared me because I was wondering, remember, this is an area that is so it's a garage. It's two levels. Our assigned level is on T2 and it's a glass encasement where the where the elevator is. So the reason I look back is I didn't know if she saw something happening in the parking lot. So. My looking back was was genuine, right? Because I didn't. She I could screamed. Never have, yes, I couldn't have fathomed that right. her scream had anything to do with me. So then I look back. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is she witnessing? But she was witnessing my presence. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something, Lindy. I the reason I begged you. And, and yeah. folks, all of you that are listening, let me tell you what my sister told me when I said, hey, we've got to do this video for my show today. She said, but first, I am not camera ready. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not. Girl, Look you at what I'm always, wearing. I just got you back are from always camera ready. You're this beautiful, <laughs> petite little you're, sister you're of mine. You know, but I, mean, so I, I told you straight up, you're always camera ready for this thing here. But look, I think this fun and joke aside, even though what I just said was true. I really needed to hear this story and my audience yeah. really needs to hear this story and, and global uh, and, and worldwide, we need to be telling these stories and have somebody who can articulate the stories in, in the manner in which you do it. No hesitation, no anger, just point mm-hmm. of fact. I think that is mm-hmm. so important. And I want to thank you so kindly. Lindia. Jacobo, muchísimas gracias por estar. Gracias, hermano. I am, and this is my brother. I'm proud of my brother. Muchas gracias, corazón. Bueno, no, bye bye. We, anyway, so I really, really wanted to get that out there because I can't tell you how upset I was when she, but the good thing about it is she filed a Better Business Bureau report on it. And in the blog, I'll put I'll put in there what she filed. I'll make sure to name the store, etc. And I want to speak to all of those, whomever you are, when you're dissed at a store and you know that this, the treatment that you're getting is not commensurate with either you or what others get, please go ahead and let it be known. And we are going to put it out there because I tell you something, this has got to stop. 
This has got to stop. I've lived through that so many times. My sister has lived through that so many times. So many of us have lived this lived through that so many times. Alistair Waters is in the house. Bienvenida, corazón. Bridge says, Egberto Willis, I was working at a store in New York City. A man robbed the bank across the street. They shot him in the back. I was not a witness because I didn't see the man. I didn't say the man was black. I got you, girl. Um, Yvette Avery Herod says, ask your, uh, thank you, Dr. Lindia, for sharing these stories and giving us a perspective needed. Corazón, gracias. Thanks, Egberto Willis, for a normal day in a POS Live. I hear you, girl. I hear you. Life. I know you meant life. I should have said it too. Uh, the comment really explains much about you. God bless your heart to Daniel Ledoux. <laughs> what did Daniel say? Let me see. Daniel said, really scraping the bottom of the barrel to find for racism. Hmm. Wow. You know, and, and that, that is what really gets a lot of, you know, that kind of comment is what used to get a lot of people upset, right? In other words, trying your best not to see what is really, really there. But it's okay. Some people would never change. And we don't really care if some people don't change. Just don't mess with our space. That's all. That's all. Michael Rodden says, never had an experience like that. Can only imagine how something like this would feel. Let me tell you something, Rodden. It's amazing, right? For a person of color, this is a, and, and I, I, I don't know if I wrote this, this chapter in my book yet, but this is a never-ending, always experience at any one of these stores. You go into the mall, you're followed all of the times. You go into any store, you're followed all of the times. You go into a bank, you're given the third degree, you know, um, and normally I would, I would pass it off. And, you know, the same way I've seen my daughter pass it off as well. It says, are you doing that because of who I am or what I look like? Or, you know, we would we, make it clear that we understand exactly what these folks are doing. What I'm glad about what Lindia did, my sister, is she actually wrote a full uh, business, Better Business Bureau report to make sure that when people look up that store, that will be on file that that is a treatment that people of color receive at the store. Oh, they didn't expect her to, they didn't expect to have the dean of a university and a college professor and a medical doctor, a pediatrician, be the one. They just felt, ah, we can just continue this behavior. Well, in this case, they messed with the wrong person because, like I said, my sister's disposition, her manner of being, is so non-threatening, it is so uh, passive that it just shows you the cancer that exists in this country. Troy Astro says, don't let the Joneses get you down. The Temptations, 1970. I love The Temptations, man. I even love the movie. Uh, let's see. Bridge MCP says, being gay, I have had so many things happen. I could write a book. Imagine if you added, I was black. I get it, girl. I get it. Daniel Edo says, Ashley Willis, God has blessed me in so many ways. Clarity of mind is one of them. Evidently, <laughs> clarity of mind likely isn't one of them for you, Daniel. But to believe that you have clarity of mind may be good for you psychologically. What can I say? 
Bruce Pollard says, I was at a Walmart and on the way out of uh, uh, out, the security guard challenged a black family instead of me. The prejudice was so obvious. Bruce, you know what I love about some of my white brothers and sisters? Um, I-, I tell you another one. I'm going to tell you this quick story. And you know what? I don't think I have that one in the book, but I better add that story to the to the book that I'm writing. I got to find that story. I'm glad that you brought that up, Bruce, because I need to add that one. Bruce, it, it, is, it, it shows you that you're empathetic. I mean, sometimes we are able to live our lives through lens that we don't see anything. The fact that you as a white guy was immediately able to see that tells me there's a reason why you are my brother. Um, but anyhow, here, here's the thing. A similar story. Our great bike... Oh, I... Ah, I need to put that story in there as well. I think I wrote that story in one of my books, but I need to repeat it. Let me tell you, we 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 went to um there, there are two. Actually, I have three bike stories, man. Roberto Lewis, welcome to Politics on Right. One time uh we were going into um, you know, I always talk to this guy about, you know, you know, this stuff with how black folks get the second treatment in, in these stores. And I don't think you really believe it, but we went riding. It was the two of us riding together. And we stopped at a 7-Eleven. And I walked in first and I'm looking around. And then he walked in and the person was very nice to him immediately. and said, hey, John, can I help you? Or not, hey, John, hey, can I t- tell my guy can help you? And then he looked at the guy and he said, no, no, no. He was first, meaning me. And then I got help. Right. And then in an embarrassing form uh, on the outside, uh, he looked and he says, you know, Egberto, man, I really see it now. So he needed an empathetic push by actually seeing it in real time that Bruce was able to see that and catch it right away with something that was completely away from him. That speaks well, Bruce. That speaks very well. That speaks about a heart. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Ashley Willies, the brain, the scarecrow, if only... Ha- <laughs> you guys are terrible, man. You guys are terrible. Bruce said, uh, Michael Rudnan, Daniel's trouble is the same one that most American conservatives face. Being lied to in the regular by pundits from your echo chamber can have that effect. Ashley Willies says, Daniel Edo, at least you don't bleed monthly. <laughs> Oh, Ashley. <laughs> oh, my God. I, the conversation is interesting. All right, folks, I have another. What time is it? I got another video for you, but I'm going to hold off on that video. Let me go through these lines to see if I have any more. Uh, if I haven't saluted somebody that, that came in late. But great to see you here. Daniel Ledo, great to see you here. Alistair Waters, Bruce Pollard, Roberto Luis, mi hermano de Panama. And, uh, well, Ashley's been here. So it's great seeing you guys. Killing me, Ashley Willies. Yeah, Ashley can get graphics sometimes. That's my baby. Anyhow, let's continue the program. Um, I'm going to play this next video. It's an important one. Believe me about the white man. The problem is not him. Believe me about... Explain what you mean by that, Troy Astro. I don't, I, I don't understand exactly what you're saying there. It would, I'll play the video and give me an explanation. All right, here we go with the next video. Welcome to one more edition of Politics on Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Hey, guys. You know what I've talked about? 
I want to share this clip that I did yesterday at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston with a caller, Barry. He called in and uh, because he took exception to what I said about some of the wealthy people, etc. And he wanted to bring an excuse about, well, how, how much can we allow Oprah to... To, to buy or whatever. He missed the point altogether. I want you to listen to this and then I have a little corollary that I want to add to the end. A lot of people that are in the top upper tiers are going to say, well, I want to protect the wealth that I've earned for my kids. I want to make sure that I can transfer to my kids what I worked so hard for. I don't have a problem transferring a few bucks to one's kids. If it's yours, I have no problem doing that. But I do have a problem for you thinking that all that you have, you've earned. Barry, come on in. How many, lim- how many limousines would you allow Oprah Winfrey to have? One, two, or three? I don't care. Okay, how many mansions would you allow her to have? One, I don't two, care either. I don't care. You're missing. That is. How many yachts? I don't care either. You're missing the okay, point. Then is her five billion dollar private fortune her money? Or no, is that I, a UNC, no, the UNC? No, you are. No, you're asking the right question. No. The UNC earned together. I love what you. You know, you just gave. You know why I like when you call, sir. The UNC earned the money together. No. Uh, let me. You didn't. Okay. No. So you did nothing to help her earn a fortune. Yes, I did. No, no, no. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You, wait a minute. You made no investments. You bought no stock. You gave her no financial advice. Yes, I did. did. Nothing. Wait a minute, sir. You did not. You are not her financial provider. Wait a minute. Um, You're, uh, you asked me a question. I'm answering you. You asked me a question. Did okay. I help? Did me personally? Did Marlo yes. personally? Did Rico personally? No, did no, they no, help? You, you. No, no. I'm you. bringing the reason I'm bringing myself up no, is because you. I have to include them as well. You, Barry, you. Barry, hold on, hold on. You know, what you're, did you do to help Oprah when Barry, I Barry, I want you to stop. We talk once, one at a time. I want <laughs> you to tell you how I helped Oprah. I want to tell yes. you how Rico helped Oprah and all of us. So stop for a second. Ah, please. The only reason Oprah has market power is because I watched the Oprah Winfrey show. I'm based on what you were forced to watch no, no. at gunpoint, right? No, again, let me make the case. You see, if you the, the problem with a lot of right wingers, my brother, oh, is that no, listen, listen. You are so you are so scared of the truth that you can't let somebody else talk. You so be, to watch Oprah. sir, be quiet for a second. Listen, listen, and then we can continue. Okay, okay I'll I'll like, give you a chance to talk. Here's how it goes, Barry. I watch Oprah by choice, all right? But in the process of watching Oprah by choice, Oprah is selling my eyeballs. Oprah is selling your eyeballs. Uh, Oprah is selling Rico's eyeballs and Marlo's eyeballs to corporate America who says, wait a minute, if Marlo sees that advertising for that, that nice dress... Marla is going to buy it. So therefore, I pay Oprah uh, for what Oprah had gotten for free. So again, uh, the worth that we have to, the worth that we have to get to people is the following, uh, Barry. People have to understand their worth. You see, we sit down and we look at Oprah. We sit down and we look at Gates. We sit down and we look at all these people and we think these are great people that have done so much when we all played a part in what they've done. They didn't okay, do it alone. Much, Without me, there's you, no uh, them. How, how much do you, 
Uh, how much are you old now? I'm not old anything. It's I just oh, old. Okay, I'm sure. Let me explain what. Well, let, let me tell you what. No, but I can tell you what. She's old. You don't pay me in the aggregate for doing something that that make that makes the system go around. What you do pay okay. for is you tell Oprah that the billions that she wants to accumulate, and I'm using Oprah because you brought Oprah up, but it applies yes. to Bill Gates. It applies to all of them. There are That's billions that there are billions. There are the billions that Oprah has. The the engineer who made the mic, the engineer who designed, who figured out, they they paid once. Oprah gets paid continuously on it. Again, that's what I talk about slave later. Capitalism game better. Exactly. You got it right. And that's why the system is a failure. I I don't want to drop. uh -uh. This guy's good. This guy's good for business. This guy is great for business. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Barry is good. And anybody that wants to come in, please come. Because Barry gives you the opportunity. You know what Barry just taught us here? Hear what Barry said. Barry just said, capitalism. She paid. She played capitalism better than the engineer. He's right. Barry is right. She played capitalism better than the engineer. And it proves that capitalism then knows no, has no knowledge. Because what it proves is that the engineer made the mic. The engineer made the, 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 the physicist figured out how to transmit signals. All these things that she depends on. Yet she's the one that she's the one who makes the money off of it. Barry, I appreciate your call, but I want to tell you one thing. I appreciate, I thank, I want to thank you first of all for giving me the opportunity to make that point. Because it's a point. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said you're not. She doesn't owe you any of her money. No, she That's doesn't. Good. But she owes the government. She owes we the people, not she me. The no, fact that me. she's accumulated the wealth means that. But thank you, Barry. You have no, a I wonderful day, smart. brother. You great. You have a great day. Let me tell you what I like about Barry. Barry, Barry is consistent. But Barry gives us a, learn, a chance, a, an opportunity to teach. Because here's what we learned from, from what Barry allowed me to say. Okay. He wants, you know, the, 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 the thing that they always do, right, is like, how many yachts can Oprah have? I say, I don't care how many limousines can Oprah have. I don't care. But you know what? If Oprah were paying the amount of taxes, if Oprah were paying uh, commensurate with the, what other people have done in broadcasting, etc., she would not have had the money to buy five yachts. She would not have had the money to have a hundred limousines. It's only because we have a system that does it that she has that. And I'm glad you use Oprah as an example. Because Oprah is a good, everybody loves to love Oprah. And I love Oprah, okay? Oprah is just playing the game better than everybody else. As he said, he's absolutely right about that. He's absolutely right about that. What I want to do is level the game so that others don't have to learn to play a capitalist game that is nothing more. And when I say this, I say I'm talking about a regulated system. When you have a game where you have to be callous enough to play, and if you decide that you don't want to be callous, let me give an example, personal example. A license that I used to sell to Boeing for, uh, for, for um, Serial Come. I, I, sell, I sold it for whatever the market could bear, which was a bunch. And I remember the night that I felt guilty about doing it. I remember the night I felt guilty about doing it. And saying, my God, Bowen had no problem paying for this license. But you know why? Because Bowen never had to pay for that license. The way the system works, those of us with price and power, 
can charge you anything. And it's the lowest person on the totem pole. And by lowest, I don't mean poor or anything like that. I mean the person who's at the end of the chain. I'm talking about the person who was going to buy that ticket on the Boeing airplane. They ultimately paid me. So when Barry says, does she owe you anything? When I sold those licenses uh, to Boeing, you see every, every person who flew on a 787, they paid me, right? Because Boeing passed it right down to them. There has to be a limit. There has to be more equity. There and this is not rocket science or this is not goody two-shoe trying to feel good. This is saying that the results over the last few decades of all this, of, of us not having an equitable system, is what has moved most of our money. That the top 10% or so own, the, own, more, own more than 70 or 80% of the entire wealth of this country. Shouldn't you want to do something about that? And can you do something about that? I end my essay saying the following. We can do better. We should do better. We must do better, but to do so, we must be informed and a media that should be working to keep us enlightened are doing in the act are not doing that in the aggregate. In fact, they're doing the opposite. All I try to do here, you know, folks will want to label me all kinds of things when I talk like this. They'll want to call me a communist. They want to call me a, a Marxist. I don't cop to any of it. I cop to just one thing, having an, an economic system that serves us all. That's who I am. An economic system. You want to own your pizza shop? By God, do it. You want to own your oil company? By God, do it. Do all these things you want to do on your own. And we should allow free enterprise. I truly, honestly, 100% believe in free enterprise. I don't believe in a stock market that is nothing more than a casino. Now, uh, Barry, uh, Barry believes that uh, the wealthy did it all on their own and because they knew how to, and it was enough that uh, in as much as it is a capitalist system that gives them that ability to, uh, to, to overperform. In other words, uh, while other people design and build and innovate, etc., those who know how to exist in a capitalist system are able to monopolize on the monies that that are realized from said inventions, from said creations, etc. Which is what I contend Oprah and many other billionaires do, right? That is, uh, in effect, other people innovated and they build on that innovation, not putting any more intellect into it, and they... they they get super wealthy. I mean, we take a look at Elon Musk and all the technology that he's gotten from all over the place. And yes, he monopolizes and then become one of the richest people in the world. We have to have a system that can mitigate that. And we could have a system that can mitigate that to make it more fair for everybody. The folks who know how to use the all the inventions and creations of others shouldn't be the ones that go ahead and maximize the wealth generated from said creation, said invention. And until we get there, until we get there, uh, until we show people that that is where we need to be, have more self-worth, believe that they can, that is how we are going to get out of this 
spiral where the poor and the middle class continue to go in the wrong direction as the wealthy takes it all. We spend a lot absolutely so, absolutely so. I hope you like that. But Barry, Barry gave me that opportunity that we needed because Barry, when Barry, you know, the the thing about <laughs> I love when people are out defending the super wealthy, right? It's like, but they 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 they, they don't want to pay taxes, right? But they run, they, they 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 create a lot of jobs. They create a lot of jobs. And my answer to that is, really, who created a lot of jobs? Did Gates create a lot of jobs or did the engineers who designed the mouse, the keyboards, the the software and all of that are the ones who created the platform necessary for job creation? You see, we have learned to just accept what rich people tell us they've done when most of the times they've done very little. I spoke to Morris, um, to Morris, Pearl today. I was supposed to play Maurice Pearl, but when my sister called with this story, I just want to get it out there because I'm going to put it all over the place because I'm very upset that uh, what got me more upset with my sister's story was something that she said. She said when she confronted the girl and said, uh, I, 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 you know, what, what are you doing? She's the girl said, I'm doing my job. She didn't say, no, I'm not following you. No, I'm not doing this because you're shopping while you know what. She just said, I am doing my job. And the same thing, and, and we just take a lot of these things at face value. At face value, right? When it comes to the rich people just throwing out the words, we create jobs. They didn't create jobs. The innovators that they hired made it possible for job creation. If it were Bill Gates or the government, if it were what whomever or somebody of the company, they would have all created jobs. You know, we have a tendency, they, they like to also say we should be able to raise prices and do all these things because we want to ensure that innovation continues. But innovation never stops. Even in communist China, scientists still want to innovate. Even in communist Soviet Union, not Russian, I'm talking Soviet Union, great inventions occurred. They weren't capitalized, but they occurred. So it is so, so, so important. And, and that is a myth. I'm working, I, I got a call from a journalist this morning. He called me yesterday. I was cleaning out the garage and he called me up and he says we, he wants to collaborate. And we came to a conclusion that we're probably going to create a series because he's a lot more knowledgeable. I know a lot about credit default swaps and how the economic system got screwed. But he had some additional information that I want to get out there that, that, that he puts out there. So we're going to be working together with some more fact-based information that MSNBC and all these other stations will not touch with a 10-foot pole. I mean, we were supposed to have a 10-minute conversation. It turned into an almost hour conversation. So we're going to look into that. But he says, Egberto Willis, your sister's story was a normal one. How many times a day this happened? And we just deal with it. Arg, I hear you, girl. Eric says, Egberto, is there investment that created the company and workers fill jobs? 
Yes. Uh, but again, absent the workers and the innovation from the non-investor, that investor wouldn't have anything to invest in. Investor just brings capital. He's just one stakeholder. And at that, not the most important stakeholder. We could have had a country that says, whenever we have something that has value, let's go ahead and put it out. Right now, we have the private sector choosing who they will elevate. And that choice is not necessarily or often equitable. Notice I didn't say equal. I said equitable. And that statement that says no investment, no company is a completely false statement. All you have to look into is things called collectives. And there are some, some areas that work on collectives. But to work on collectives, you have to have people a bit more unified. And the corporatocracy knows that. And that's why they keep us separated. Collectives is a perfect way to establish company after company after company. Look up Madrigan in, 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 um, in Portugal. But that's just one. That collective grew exponentially. Tom C. says, being ultra wealthy is like winning the lottery. If you are, I won a billion dollars in Powerball. We'd immediately pay taxes on the windfall. But the ultra wealthy find loopholes to avoid paying taxes. Very true. Absolutamente true. Uh, Mini Pearl? No, uh, it's Morris Pearl. Morris Pearl. Look up Morris Pearl from the Patriotic Millionaires. I already did the interview. You guys are going to love the interview. I'll play that interview tomorrow. Uh, let's, it's, and, then you're, and you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Are you thinking the founding fathers didn't design for their fortunes? Bruce, you're so smart. That's exactly what they did. They made sure that the Constitution kept them in their place, where they were. And they also made compromises on the backs of people who looked like me with the Three-Fifths Amendment to get it all done, to get it all passed. You know, ideally speaking, they should have walked away when somebody's saying, I want to count these folks as Three-Fifths, but they can't vote. Should have walked away. No country. Walked away. But no. They didn't compromise on themselves. They compromised on others. So when people want me to have this love for this great document that somehow is infallible, a document that started out with 10 amendments cannot be infallible. The document, the initial inception of the document included 10 amendments called the Bill of Rights. It was a perfect amendment. It wouldn't have started with a, with a modification. And since then, uh, 17 more? Come on, man. China was a big innovator in molecular vi virology. China was a big innovator in many other places, including things like, uh, I think, peat. What's that stuff made? Um, Gunpowder, etc. Michael Rennes says the Constitution is primarily a property document. Very true. The founders intended for landowners, white men, to retain power in the country. The march towards progress since then was towards more and more inclusion. And it's, it's two steps forward, one step backward, two step forwards, one step backwards. And we're in that back step right now that we're trying to get out of right now. All right. I think it's about time for me to do a quick ask. And before I close the, sh uh, the show down, because we're almost at the end of the program. So please, please, if you are so uh, inclined to support the work that we do here, which is quite a bit, please consider supporting our program. All our support links can be found in politicsdoneright.com 
slash support. That is politicsandright.com slash support. Alternatively, you can go to our PayPal immediately, politicsandright.com slash. Thank you very much, Rodney. I hope things get better for you. If you want to drop me a line and, you know, me give you a pat on the back as a brother, let me know. Uh, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Uh, and please consider becoming a patron, politicsandright.com slash patron. And of course, don't forget to get our books. Those books that you see me put on the screen all the time, politicsandright.com slash books. Have a great day, Rudnan. Bree says, Egberto Willis, why didn't the IRS audit Trump the way it was required to? The IRS was required to audit Donald Trump's tax returns. It didn't. There was potentially benign explanation, but we know it doesn't work. I don't think it's a benign explanation at all. It can't be, in my humble opinion, that is. But anyhow, folks, um, we are nearing the end of the show. If you guys get a couple of messages in the next minute and a half, I'll be more than happy to read it. So let me know if there's something else in the next minute and a half, and I will read your message. But in the interim... I want to thank you guys so kindly for hanging out with me. The podcast will be ready in about a couple of hours and it'll be back online, which is where we get most of our stuff everywhere. 87,000 new agents come in to audit you. I hope they come, but they need to audit the rich people. Those are the people where they can find the biggest bang for the buck. Bridge MCP says, thanks for the show and your sister was awesome. Ashley is the next doc. Yes, she is. But I, I consider Ashley a doc already. She just have to, uh, it, she just needs to be officialized, but I consider her a doc already. But anyhow, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this program. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.